0: good morning good morning morning. how y'all doing this morning morning. all right I'm so glad to see you what a blessing to be in the house of the Lord I was glad when they said unto me let us go where into the house of the Lord I'm glad to be here today and uh before we get started I want to pray a prayer of deliverance over us and then we'll get started so if you will pray with me dear Lord please help your children We are tempted and tried day after day by the adversary. Please set us free from our addictions and heal our afflictions. Deliver us from those things holding us captive. Lord, help us to surrender our hearts and our hurts to you. You came to restore us to our rightful place in God. Lord, we cannot do this on our own. You are our only hope. Please give us the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the power to overcome those things which keep us from living in the fullness of you. Lord, make us available to you right now, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank you, Jesus. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke 4, 16 through 31 and it reads When he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day as was its custom he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent to me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant. And sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown." But the truth is, there are many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, and when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all of the synagogue was filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. He went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Now, before I began, I, I want to open this up by doing a synopsis, a summary of, of this wonderful healing sermons that we've had over the last few weeks now over the past few weeks pastor Dwight has brought us some powerful messages about healing so just in case you weren't here just in case you didn't have time to hear them I want to kind of revisit and give you a little recap see he has taught us some wonderful lessons about the nature of God and God's healing power He started by telling us God is a self-identified healer, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we as modern day disciples of Jesus Christ are given the gift of healing. See, we have been given the authority over those things which hold us captive. But the critical question, the critical question is, do you want to become whole? God wants you to be whole. God wants you to be complete. God wants you to be set free. God wants you to be delivered. Body, soul, spirit, mind. But you must decide, do you wanna become whole? As Pastor Dwight so eloquently explained, god is able to cure the physical illnesses from which we suffer god is able to heal our wounded spirit and breathe life into our souls god is able to give us the rest for our tired and weary souls god is able to make you whole and make me whole but it's up to us today to say lord i want to be made whole Lord, please heal me. Please set me free. Our great pastor helped us to understand sickness and injury are symptoms of creation's fallenness. Our failure as humans to wholly trust God, our tendency to rebel against God's and and, and against his desire for us and choosing our own way instead of choosing God's way leads us to consequences that this broken dimension, things such as war and fighting and emptiness and sickness and depression and addiction, these things all come because of our fallen condition. But when healing takes place in the name of Jesus, it is evident that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus called those early followers to be ambassadors of the kingdom. We are to usher the kingdom of God onto earth. They were to bring healing and proclaim proclaim the kingdom was present. They were to be agents of healing. Now, according to Pastor Dwight, this mission of healing has been extended to our generation of believers. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has prepared us all to be agents of healing for ourselves and for others. Prayer is the channel through which our healing grace can flow into the lives of the sick, of the broken, of the lost. Hmm. Through prayer, we lift our requests before the Lord and place those who are sick in the hands of the loving healer, prayer is also a means by which we can listen to God and align ourselves in ways that lead to healing. See, our illustrious pastor has told us it is time for healing. Now, I know most of the time up in the Methodist Church, we are quiet, but you know I'm not going to let you do that, right? so Let's say this thing together. It's time for healing. Now, say that after me. It's time for healing. Now, what time is it? It's time for healing. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all about to get this thing. Oh, yes. See, we've been through so much over the past year. It's been a great challenge for the church and all of God's people. Uh, this COVID 19 has really done a number on us. We have been in a true fight for our lives and many of us have the battle scars to prove it. Our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health have all suffered in some way causing anxiety, causing fear, fatigue, anger, despair and depression. But the question remains, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be set free? All right, now I hear somebody say yes. Yes. All right. Say yes. yes. Hallelujah. See, Luke 4 unfolds and we find our Savior in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. The scripture tells us that Jesus is full of the Spirit and the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. For 40 days, Jesus has not eaten nor has he had anything to drink. The adversary waited. You know how the devil does us. Just sit around waiting for, have, for us to have a moment of weakness. So he waited until Jesus was at his lowest point, at his weakest point, then tries to tempt him. He said, come on, boy. I know you're hungry. will not you go ahead and turn some of them stones to bread? See, this flesh, he knew. He said, I'm going to attack the flesh first because he's hungry. See, our flesh will lead us astray every time if we don't curb it by this Holy Spirit. Well, he said, well, that ain't working, so let me go and move to something else. He said, what about material wealth? What about some power? You just come on and worship me and you can have all this. <laughs> Jesus said, my, my, my daddy already owns all this. You can't do nothing about this. You can't touch me. What? See, the enemy is quite the trickster. And he tries to use the scripture to trick Jesus. See, you want to trip him up. Oh, he does the same thing with us. See, he was in Jesus' ear. That's what he does to us. When we're at our low point, when we're at our low moment, the next thing you hear that old enemy coming over there, saying, oh, you ain't nothing. Don't nobody love you? You can't do nothing. You ain't going to ever be nothing. how God going to love something as trash and low down as you? But see, we got to combat it. Just like Jesus combated it with the scripture, we got to come back and say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm more precious than rubies and diamonds. God loves me because the Bible tells me so. We got to come back with that scripture. But before we can come back with it, we got to hide it in our hearts. And that's what Jesus had done. Jesus knew the scripture. But Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit, quickly begins to quote Scripture and to combat the tricks of the devil. And you see, the young adults call him Sassy Jesus. All right now. See, Sassy Jesus knew the Scriptures and understood the power of God's Word. Thus, he made short work of the devil. (laughs) He said, oh boy, I'm getting ready to send you on your way. He gave the devil an eviction notice, a pink slip. He said, you got to get up out of here, boy. You got to get up out of here. That's what we got to do. Give the devil his eviction notice. Give him his pink slip. Let him know he has no place here. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord, you're going to make me preach up in here. One of our great American fathers, St. Augustine, said, Christ conquered the tempter that the Christian may not be conquered by the tempter now the scripture makes that very clear God has already done the work Jesus has already done it Jesus already defeated the enemy hey we we just need to get in our war rooms put on our fatigues and start learning to put that scripture in our heart and learn to pray and trust God and spend some time in our word. Because that's what Jesus did. That's how he combated. That's what we do for spiritual warfare. See, if we're going to be tempted, we know we're going to be because Jesus was. But Christ has given us the strength to resist See, the scripture tells us to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And she will too. <laughs> Temptation only becomes sin when we give into it. The enemy couldn't make Jesus sin. Because even though Jesus was physically starving, he was spiritually full. Now, many of us, I hate to say it, but some of us here today are physically full. We done had good breakfast, but we're spiritually starving to death. Lord have mercy. We have not learned to totally surrender to the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, and to be empowered by the Spirit. Our wilderness is dry and barren. It's not a place of rest or rejuvenation and empowerment because we're not spending that time with God. But Jesus teaches us if we are to resist temptation we must be intentional about spending time alone getting away spending time alone with God now the events here in our scripture today happen about a year after Christ returns from this wilderness experience see I want you to know and I want you to hear me say that God understands what's what you're going through you don't have a God that doesn't understand Yo, God already been through what you're going through. Conquered it and laid it in the grave. So he returns to Nazareth and goes to the synagogue to read the scripture that you heard in your hearing. And Jesus reads the scripture of Isaiah and the crowd is very impressed. They are looking around saying, look at Joseph's boy. Oh my goodness, he done made good of himself. Oh, listen how beautifully he is reading that scripture. Oh, yes. Oh, we're so proud of him. Oh, we love that boy. Look at that. The crowd was going right along with him. They were enjoying him and so glad that he had come home. Until Jesus said he had not come just to heal and bless them. But he was here to bless and heal and help The Gentiles, everything went on hold. You say what, boy? Oh, this boy done lost his mind. The Jewish people thought Jesus was going to continue the Jewish traditions and maintain the status quo. They were all in as long as he was doing what they wanted him to do until he revealed his ministry was to the Gentiles. They were so proud until he said, hey folks, we need to transform and change our religion to include those who were not born Jews. What you saying, boy? He was all right until he said, God should be accessible to everyone, not just the wealthy of our culture, not just the Jews, but God is the God of everyone. Hm got him into a world of trouble. Now, I don't know, cause I wasn't right there, but it got a little dicey right in here. You see, the people got mad and they said, you know, they went from one way to the other. Uh, they said, okay we're getting ready to take this boy out here and throw him off this cliff come on boy and they chased him out of there they ran him out of town and got him to the cliff where where their city was setting and they were getting ready to push him off but it wasn't time for Jesus to die so he just made his way through the crowd and got on the way and went on down to Capernaum and preached to them saying Uh, I was laughing in the first service I was telling him I said now uh chattanooga ain't nothing but hills and cliffs so if anybody invites me to look out mountain today i ain't going (laughs) we won't be going to no place where y'all can push me up jesus loved his people but he did not like the exclusive and uncaring aspects of the jewish religion he worked to reform the jewish religion and make it more inclusive He was trying uh, to, and saying to the Jewish people, hey, family, friends, uh, Jews do not have a lock on God. God is the God of all. Jesus had come into the full understanding of his mission on earth. He was here to bring healing and to help people who did not look just like him or believe just like him, who were not born into privilege and to abundance. His wilderness experience clarified his call to provide hope and healing and freedom to the poor and the disenfranchised. He saw that many of the Jewish traditions were systematically excluding folks and keeping them on the fringes of society. He was there to be an advocate for the poor, the widow, and the orphan. He was there to heal those with physical ailments, mental illness, spiritual brokenness, and addiction. (laughs) And when I think about our church today sometimes, because that, that was a great and perfect mission. But the people were that saying, nah, nah. look at Jesus hanging out with those sinners and Republicans and those publicans and wanting to do all kind of negative things. Uh, you know, he, he knows they're not good people. They're not good Jews like us. I don't know why he's hanging out with those people. When I think about our church, we still have many of the same problems. We tend to be exclusive and only worship with people who look like us, talk like us, act like us, walk like us, believe like us. We have no room or tolerance for anything or anyone who doesn't fit the traditional Christian mold. One of the greatest afflictions of the modern church is our inflexibility and our fear and reluctance to change. Now, COVID-19, it forced us to change. It forced us to do things differently. Hmm. See, the issue is our churches have become social clubs for the well and the well-to-do instead of being a hospital for the sick and the needy. We have lost our way and no longer are clear about the mission to transform the world by making disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to be agents of healing, not just for ourselves, not just for the people we love, not just for the people we know, not just for the people we care about, but for others who do not know God yet. For those uh, that still haven't accepted Christ as their personal savior. Uh, The church is called to continue the work of Christ. And that work is to be a healer, deliverer, and to set free those who have not come to know Christ for the free pardoning of their sins. When we truly learn to fully surrender to the Lord and to allow God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done, we will see the church in her full glory. When we all get together and all our talents and all our gifting come together. Oh, hallelujah. What a time, what a time, what a time. We're going to set the devil running because spiritual warfare is real. When we can get it together, oh, we can send him on his way. See, it's time. For we come together where all the people of every race, every ethnicity, every language, every nation will come together and worship the most high God. Christians, it is our job to usher the kingdom of God in. We say it all the time in that Lord's Prayer. Let your kingdom come. But I don't think we really want it coming everywhere the will of god is being done and healing is happening the kingdom of god is drawing more and more and more near if we want our world to change and to be more welcoming and inviting place for those who are the least of these in this society it's up to the church the church to do the work but first physicians heal thyself healing must begin right here in the church one person at a time one person at a time whatever is holding you hostage whatever has you in bondage whatever addiction or affliction is keeping you from the being complete and whole in god I want you to surrender it totally and completely to the great physician. Give it over to God. Remember, every journey begins with a single step. Just one step. And the first step to healing is to admit you have a problem that you can't handle on your own. Admit it to yourself and God that you fall and pray to the adversary and temptation has turned to sin and where we must begin is by saying, God, help me. I invite all of you, bring your burdens to the altar. I invite you to to come and let go and let God, I, I, I dare you to surrender that thing to God. I dare you to let it go (laughs) because I know God for a healer. I know God will change things. And if you don't know God for the free partners of your sins, come on, let me introduce my friend Jesus. Oh, my God. He's a life changer. He's a healer. Amen. Amen the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord.